going to be getting started here for the day. So, right. <clears throat> what are, you know, like, what are the key principles of Christianity, right? What are the, the drivers, the verses that are the most potent, the verses that when you apply them to your life, you'll start to see change, you'll start to see forward motion, you'll start to see the things changing, right? Well, in the core of Christ Jesus, right, in the nature of God himself, right, uh, he sets, Christ sets before him many, many uh, nuances and indicators pointing to where we ought to go, right? How we ought to live our lives in order to discover these parables, these verses that will move us, usher us into that next level of exaltation, that life of silver linings, right? That everyone is looking for and so few people find, right? And the first step towards that is, is sort of going to be like a transcendence, right? You're moving out of the ways of mankind. You're moving away from the ways of man into the ways of God, right? Stopping, we are stopping as Christians doing things our way, and we are starting handing over our lives to God and his ways, doing it God's ways. And when you bring that full holy oblation, right, what, what God is asking for, and here's the thing, right? A lot of people say, hey, I want, I want God, but I don't want to do what he's asking for. Well, God is very, very good at getting what he wants from people, right? And so the sooner that you just surrender to the Lord God of Israel and do what God wants, and what God wants is often, right, you, we, ourselves, he wants to bring he wants us to bring we ourselves into that state of righteousness, right? Into that place where we can reach uh, those ugh, states of transcendence, right? The states where we will be happy, the states where we will have that joy and joy to the full, right? <clears throat> and oftentimes what you find is that these states, right, they require sacrifice, right? It's not so much doing it uh, other people's way, right? People, they say, hey, I want to do anything I want today. Well, that's not really going to build up an accurate, a good life, right? But the verses of the Bible, they say, hey, well, you know, God's got requests. God's got asks for us, of us, from us, right? God is asking us for things and he wants us to do them, right? That is what it means to be a servant, right? If, if you called up a servant who was a chef, right? And the chef comes over, you say, good, I, I'd like you to have dinner ready uh, for us by around 5 p.m. You're going to cook for us tonight, right? And actually, they do have those chefs, right? You can call them over and they'll cook for you in your house. <clears throat> and uh, lo and behold, right, if that servant says, no, I'm, thanks, for, thanks for having me over, I'm going to sit on your couch. I'm going to sit at your table, but I am absolutely, I am not going to cook you dinner. You might very quickly have a problem with that, right? And this is sort of the dynamic of God asking us, inviting us. He says, all right, come over, come into my house. I've got a couple things I'd like you to do for me, right? I, I have a life purpose. I have your own God-designed destiny for you. And 
that is where God is leading us to, right? And you have to choose what kind of servant you want to be. Do you want to be that one-star servant, right? That one out of ten servant? Or do you want to be that five-star servant, that ten out of ten servant that God is just smitten with, happy, blessing you over and over and over again all throughout the days of your life, right? And so there's key principles that you have to take within yourself and apply, right? I've talked about peace, inner peace. This is the faith of Moses when the armies of the Egyptians stood to run down to obliterate the armies of the Israelites or the people, the Israelites, right? They weren't really an army at that point. Uh, <clears throat> so there they stood, the Israelites and Moses, at the at the in front of the sea, right? And the Israelites were trembling. Some of the Israelites, not all of the Israelites, right? Some of the Israelites lost faith. They told Moses, what did you bring us out into the wilderness for? Because there weren't enough graves in Egypt. And Moses, right, the prophet, the ten-star servant, or the ten, the ten out of ten servant, he presented, he displayed his faith for the Israelites. While all the other Israelites were shaking, saying, God can't do this, Moses knew that God was going to handle it, right? That God had prepared uh, the Israelites to display the power and the sovereignty of heaven, the power and the sovereignty of God himself, right? And so understanding this is the reason that Moses held on to his faith, right? He wasn't going to let that faith go. And that faith that Christians that are displayed in the prophets, that is displayed in the prophets, is for Christians, is displayed there for Christians for a purpose, right? It's displayed for us to embody, to imitate. So when the hardships come upon our lives, when the hardships and the storms rise up against us, we can be like Moses and stand firm. I don't care if it looks like I'm about to get obliterated by an army of 150,000 men. I'm sticking with God. I'm not yielding my faith, not for the entire world, right? And so that faith, well, it, it will give you a sense of confidence. It will give you a sense of peacefulness. It will give you a sense of knowing that God is with you, accomplishing the purposes that he has set before you in your life. And so when you are called as a servant, as that Christian servant to go and do the will of the Lord and it may seem impossible right remember to take with you that mustard seed of faith along your journey so that when you can come that when you come to that impossible situation you have that mustard seed with you and you can say don't worry I know this looks impossible I know it wasn't that great I know it looks dismal but lo and behold you just watch the Red Seas are about to part. The Lord God of Israel is about to step down into my life. And there is nothing that can stop the Lord God Almighty. That's, that's one of them, faith, right? That faith is displayed to be imitated by us Christians. Another is joy, right? And this is the parable where Christ is talking about... Uh, let your light shine before mankind. Let your light shine before others, right? While we are practicing giving our light, shining, being happy, remaining in that God, godly state of 
I know God's going to take care of all those problems and worries that are bringing me down. I know God's got it, right? God has shown me the way God has made me able to take care of these problems and these worries, right? We are co-laborers with God, so some of it, some of the work is done by us, right? But when you get into the miracles, for example, the Red Sea parting, hey, God's got the heavy lifting. When a miracle needs to show up, don't be shocked when a miracle shows up. That's just who God is. It's what he's famous for. It's what he loves to do. It's who God is. It's what God loves to do for us, his servants, whom he loves, right? And so when we are displaying that light, we are bolstering that faith. We are amplifying our, the faith within us, right? We are practicing disciplining ourselves, right? We're disciplining ourselves, our, our thoughts, right? Not to allow the negative thoughts to come in and put a frown on our face or bring us down or cause us to tremble, right? Oh man, this situation looks hopeless. I might not make it. The army of the Egyptians, man, they really got me down. They really got me terrified. What if I don't get my dreams? What if the house collapses? What if I can't pay the bills? What if, what if, what if, what if God shows up? And takes care of it. What if God has made you strong enough, powerful enough? What if the anointing and the blessing that God has placed on your life is enough to get you where God, the God who created the heavens and the earth in six days, intended you to get? And what if all those problems that seem so big in your life, they ain't nothing to the Lord God of Israel? If God created the heavens and the earth, all those problems you've got in your life right now, it's not much compared to the power and the fullness of the measure of the Lord God of Israel and all his greatness and glory that is shared in by us. We, his disciples, his followers, right? But like that good servant who comes over, right? Now I'm telling you the sort of meal that God has asked you to prepare. Do you have that faith? Do you have that mustard seed of faith? Do you have that confidence in you? Where you're saying, I know God's got this. I'm going to keep giving my 100% because that's what God asks of me. To bring myself as a holy oblation of righteousness into that state of righteousness. So that I can keep that state of confidence. So that I can know what it means to have the Red Sea's part, right? So that I can be in alignment with God. So that I can have that joy and joy to the full. So that I can show my light. So that I can shine my light unto the world. So that I can be called that, that city atop a mountain. That city atop a hill that cannot be hidden. You are the light of the world, right? Uh, interestingly enough, I thought it was cool. You can translate world as cosmos is the Greek word. word. So you are the light of the world is, can, can be translated as you are the light of existence. And I thought that was cool. So uh, I have been translating Christ. I'll tell you it takes about an hour to three hours a verse, right? Christ is... is He's the master, right? He's the head of the religion. It's a mortal trying to translate the divine, right? And so 
that is why you know you have so many translations of the Bible out there that are all different. They say all different, completely things, but whatever, you know. As long as the the result, as long as the fruit is good, you shall know them by their fruit, right? So going forward, right, it does take a lot of time, but it is very, very cool <coughs> translating the words of Christ, right? And so you've got that peace, you've got that faith, right? That peace and that faith combined will create that confidence, right? These things are merits, they're virtues that Christians who follow their covenants will slowly be guided to. You won't understand necessarily, right, why God says is displaying this faith, this unshakable faith in Moses until you try it yourself. And you say, I don't care if I failed before. I'm going to get back up. I'm going to step back out on that water. I'm going to do it again, and I'm going to do it for the Lord God of Israel. I'm going to do it to be that light unto the nations, that light unto all existence, and I'm going to do it for God. Whatever happens, well, that's part of the journey, right? That's life. That's what's exciting. That's what gets us up in the morning. That's that fresh air that wakes you up and keeps you going, right? So we've got the faith, we've got the peace, we've got the confidence now, right? Love is the foundation of all creation, right? God placed it as not just one thing among other things, but the most important thing, the foundation of all existence. He made it his first and second commandment, and it is heavily inlaid with the other commandments, right? Honor your father and mother. Well, why do you honor them? You love them, right? <clears throat> Thou shalt not steal. Well, why don't we steal? Because we love other people and we don't want to take their stuff. That's not very nice. <sighs> and so grasping these merits, these virtues, and taking them within yourself, right? If you just read about it, well, that's not going to do much. If you talk about it, you say, yeah, I'm a pastor. I talk about love 70% of the time. But as soon as I flip that switch off, as soon as I leave that church, man, all that love leaves me. Well, don't be shocked if your life ain't going so well. If your life is going to hit a few hiccups, right? And in the case of love, I warn you, right? Sometimes the cost is so great you'll regret it the rest of your life. That is why it is placed at the foundation of all creation so that you can practice it so that you should know to practice it day in and day out so that when you find something you love, when you find something you're passionate about, you can hold on to it and you place the, <clears throat> you place the necessary effort into it that shows what you love that you love it, whether it's a romantic interest, whether it's your work, right? If you're passionate about something like preaching and you're not loving it, right, you're not pouring your time into it, you're not pouring your effort into it, and so you're not really going anywhere with it, well, after a while, what will happen to that career, that passion of preaching, you know, man? I, uh, I'm so busy, I only have two hours to do what I love because, wow, I'm watching television, I'm doing this other thing, I'm doing these things that aren't really the most important. I'm hanging out with friends. I'm drinking, etc., 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 right? And the Bible says that we're to be of sober mind. That means Christians, we don't drink much. Maybe rarely, right? But uh, drunkenness is, is forbidden, right? 
These are the things you're called to sacrifice if you want that life of silver linings. If you want to stand atop the, soul, the shoulders of giants, right? If you want to walk among the heights of Mount Zion with God himself in your life, you want that sort of life, well then when God tells you something, you don't say, give me five minutes. You don't say, how could I possibly? You say, yes, Lord. Here I am, send me. And that's a very powerful phrase there. Here I am, yes, Lord, send me, right? Because when you start saying that in your life, all things become possible to you, right? If you will do whatever God tells you, no matter what, then God will do with you absolutely anything he feels like, as he did with Moses, right? Shepherd, Moses was a shepherd, right? No one, he might have thought his life was ruined after he lost his, his kingdom, right? And was driven out of Egypt, but no. God says, no, I'm just getting started, Moses. You think that's bad? Just wait. I've got that life of silver linings for you. But here's the thing. Moses, right, he hadn't gotten over his past hurts. Moses wasn't ready to, to go up onto that mountain and seek God. Moses didn't seek God until the moment, theoretically, that God called him, right? once you have brought yourself to the Lord, that is often when God calls you and starts really working in your life, right? <clears throat> God will call us and start leading us to maybe small things that will get us to points of improvement, that will get sin out of us. But when you bring that full portion to the Lord God of Israel, when you lay down your life, take up your cross, and follow God daily, don't be shocked if God knocks on your door and says, Hey, I want you to go save this nation. Hey, I'm going to make you the king of all Israel. Hey, I'm going to make you the wisest person in all the earth. Hey, I'm going to make you the richest man in the land. Right? That's, these are just some things God's already done. They're very old stories now, right? And today, if you look, you can see the greatness of God's miracles today working all around. All you have to do is look. Right. While the Bible has been completed, right, and its pages are ancient, right, these are, I'm talking about the original Greek texts, right? <laughs> the original Greek texts of the Bible, they're long since written and passed, right? And sometimes it's important to understand that God's not just a God of the past, but He's a God of the present and the future. He's still working here today. He's still thriving with us here today. He's still building each and every one of us into that glorious overcomer that will go out into the world and with God with them say, yeah, no problem. That impossible thing, that mountain that's in my way, I'm going to take that mustard seed of faith. I'm going to point it at that mountain and with God, with God, that mountain is going to jump. With God, that mountain will move. With God, that mountain will do exactly what God tells it to do. And that's love, right? <clears throat> if you love me, this is Christ Jesus. If you love me, you will obey me. Why do you call to me, Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Right? And so at some point in life, you know your covenant. You know what it is you're doing that God is saying, hey, it's time to lay that thing down. Hey, it's time to get past that. Hey, it's time to overcome that sin that's holding you back from your 
God-given, God-designed destiny. And lo and behold, some people, right, they say, no, I'm not going to do that, right? And lo and behold, right, that passion, maybe of being a preacher, maybe of being whatever it is for you, right? We all have different passions that God has placed within us, right? Those passions we pursue, right? If you're not feeding that passion, if you're not doing what God instructed you, right, that the passion, that full, that passion's flame, right, it might start dying down. And if you leave it completely, right, if you abandon God, well, don't be shocked if that passion's flame dies and God says, hey, you know, I told you to go, right? Now, don't get me wrong. God is incredible, right? Rarely will God allow us to miss what he wants for us or things like that, right? The Bible isn't exactly finite on the theology uh, regarding whether or not Christians can completely avoid their destiny. But the Bible does show that Christians, as Christians, free will, we can delay it. We can delay the goodness, the blessings the those silver lining moments from our lives if we so choose other things over god and god's holy covenant right and that is not love right when you love something you pour yourself into it you tell it you love it you show it you love it if that thing that you love needs water well you're gonna go get it water you're gonna in fact water it daily. You're gonna take very, very good care of it, right? That's love. Not indifference, not do whatever you want. That's indifference. It's a form of hatred, right? I don't care about you, good luck. It is quite opposite to the covenant of the Lord God of Israel. It is opposite to what Christ Jesus himself preached. And it is opposite to love. And so understanding the difference between love indifference it's important right if we love something we're not going to be indifferent to it to, towards it we're gonna we're gonna go get that water we're gonna do what it takes right that's love right love parts the red seas love says hey it was barely possible it was only possible with god but i did it because i loved god i did it because i loved that woman i did it i love because i loved that passion, that vision that I had, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? And this is when <laughs> the covenant of the Lord God of Israel starts to make a whole lot of sense to each and every member of mankind is when you place it before them. And show them, right, that that is what God has placed as the foundation of all existence right if you look at a success story for example business right there's no there's no uh, success story in any form of business without love if the person the business owner right didn't begin pouring that love into it that business never thrived that life never thrived that person never thrived I guarantee it you can look anywhere in all creation if you want to see what lovelessness if you want to see what indifference looks like uh, look up criminals. Yeah, really messed up criminals. There, there it will be, right? That is opposite to love. Love fights. Love stands up, right? And so when you see these businesses that are 
built upon the rock and the storm comes and that business is standing like a 10 foot tall giant with the Lord God of Israel standing beside it saying, no problem. God's got this. I've got this. God's with me. Right? However you'd like to phrase it. Well, that's what we're talking about statistically, right? When you begin to study business, when you begin to press yourself into the realms of business analysis, well, what businesses thrive? Well, the businesses that the owners love, that the owners love enough to do the work, to research, to gain the wisdom, to seek the wisdom, to seek the knowledge, to walk with God so that their business thrives. That's love, right? And that faith, right? Well, that faith definitely got those divine aspects but it's also a thing known as perseverance as confidence right i know i can do this god's with me and i'm not going to let anything stop me this business is going to thrive i'm not going to let anything stop me this thing this goal that i have i'm going to make it i don't care if it takes me a year i don't care if it takes me five years with god all things are possible i've got that mustard seed of faith i don't need anything else i've got god and when you start to realize, right, what building a successful business or when you set a big goal, it's going to take some perseverance. It's going to take some faith, right? And that's what the Israelites had with them, right? As in the days of Elijah, as in the days of Solomon, right? They had with them the Ark of the Covenant. They had God with them. They had that faith with them. And it didn't matter if it was through turmoil, storm, warfare, or <clears throat> anything else, right? Uh, God was with them. And so they walked through the waters, right? They crossed through the waters on dry land. And the ark went before them, right? And so, <sighs> understanding that these virtues, these qualities that god has gifted to mankind has displayed has presented to us they don't just line up verbally right there's a whole endless amount of statistical data pointing to god and saying that god's ways are the greatest right and so when you see naysayers saying oh god you know he's what about god you know or whatever they say right well, they don't really know much. They don't really understand, right? And so when they start saying things like, oh, all sins forgiven, right? Do whatever you want. It doesn't really sound like love, right? Love is, is great forgiveness, right? I want you to come home. But also I want to show you where to go and how to live a successful life. That's love, right? Not indifference. Indifference is not really the nicest thing. And so understanding that what God is talking about when he's talking about I built the foundation on a rock right well the rock happens to be the earth and the foundation happens to be the most effective ways in the earth from the dawn of time until its end right they won't change right it's just how God made things work that's just who God is he just decided to make it work that way and so that's how it is. And so as long as people would like to keep resisting that, as long as people want to keep touting other faiths that, oh, there's other ways, oh, there's, there is no other way. It's how God made it work. 
It's how it will always work. That is what God is entitled to, right? That's who God is. He created the heavens and the earth in six days. And on that seventh day, he kicked his feet up and rested. That's love, right? I made for you. I built for you. I lead you. I teach you. I water you, I bless you, I anoint you, I give you the blessing and the favor of God, of a divine being upon your life, all the days of your life. You are chosen of the Lord God of Israel. You are not normal, you are no longer normal. You have walked out of normal and the mundane into exaltation and that life of miracles that was gifted to the prophets, that was gifted to the stories of and the men and women contained within the Bible, that is who you are. That is who you were born to be. And so, when, right, will all of us, all of us who are called, right, and all of us are called, right, when will the call, when will the called answer that call and lay down that sin so that they can, instead of that sin, right, Take up that cross and begin walking daily with God. When will you lay down what holds you back from your dreams and destiny to experience that life, that incredible life of silver linings, that miraculous life that God is holding out for each and every member of mankind saying, come, come home. Sit at my table, right? Come and feast at my banquet. And it is a feast, right? It's God is the God of abundance love, joy, and joy to the full, right? And so this is part of shining our light as we are called to shine our light. Be happy, right? Be joyous, right? We are learning what in our lives makes us happy and joyous, right? You're not a master at love until you start giving it away. And then you begin to learn mastering love. And from that, you can build a life containing the things that you love, but if you never give love, right, you're going to get lost. You're going to get, well, you're going to have a pretty cold life, right? So understanding that that's who God is. That's what God wants for each and every one of us. These are the good ways that God has placed before us. All you got to do is lay down your life. You lay down your ways. You take up God's ways and you start building that glorious overcomer. You start walking start running to towards that victor's crown right towards that immortal state which is the state of righteousness right when you have taken god's ways upon your life when you begin to walk with god the moment you become immortal is the moment when you surrender your life and say i'm not going back no matter what the moment you're in, you inherit that victor's crown is the second you partner with God and take, hold that partnership as the utmost important thing in your life. I'm not setting this partnership down for anything in all existence. I don't care what it is. You could offer me all the kingdoms of all the earth. No thanks, I've got God. That's enough for me. And so don't let other people trick you or fool you into thinking something uh, something is truth when it's not truth right don't let other people deceive you into thinking there's something greater than god there's nothing greater than god out there 
there's people who will tell you about fantasies and stories, right? But uh, what you realize is those fantasies and stories, they're not true, right? And what you'll realize in life is if you buy one of those fantasies and stories and say, hey, God, I've decided I like this better. God's still God, and his ways are still the foundation of the earth, and it's going to cost you, right? It's, maybe you're going to take some time. Maybe it will take you some time to realize that, hey, that's not how it works. Hey, I wish that was true, but man, that's not what the Bible says. Hey, I wish that was true. It sounds really nice, but man, it's not really helping my life. It's not really helping the lives of other people. It's damaging the lives of other people. I don't like it. I don't want anything to do with that table. I sit at the table of the Lord God of Israel. I sit in righteousness. I sit with the God that makes us holy. I sit with that which makes us holy. I sit with the one true living God. And for that, you will be rewarded and blessed. Understanding that's important, right? And God is a God of love, right? Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. All you got to do is come home. That's it. All you got to do is surrender those other things, right? The world, all that uh, finance, that finance that damages other people's lives, right? You got to surrender that and God will give you something far greater. Got to lay down that little black speck called the earth. Got to take up your cross. You got to follow God daily and he'll get you into those crystal courts of heaven. He'll get you to that miraculous life. He'll get you to your dreams, right? If you walk with God. Hey, right, blessings on y'all guys today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day.